liberty lockdown please scan your barcode your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold where did it come from and where did it go it requires a fight not tweeting from your phone don't need a king get him off the fucking throne if you're riding with the thought you've always got a home the virus is scared of will come and it'll go the government knows this don't get treated like a hoe episode is with the great Roger Stone. If you aren't familiar with him, his legacy is nuts. He began his career as a, an advisor of sorts to Richard Nixon. He then transitioned to a litany of modern American politicians, most of which won. And he has kind of been the puppet master behind many of the GOP stars that, uh, that controlled our country. So I, I thought it was an amazing opportunity to get to have an entire hour to sit down and talk to him about the nature of our government and the inner workings of it. I got to ask him a lot about the, uh, the insanity that's happening overseas right now between Russia and Ukraine, how that might tie into Hunter, Hunter Biden's laptop, all sorts of, uh, you know, quote unquote, conspiracy theorist stuff that ends up being true a few weeks later. So. Uh, you know, you'll probably find some areas of disagreement. I certainly don't agree with everything that Roger has to say, but I think that overall he is an absolutely fascinating character. And if you're going to discuss modern American politics, you simply cannot overlook Roger Stone. He was also pardoned by Donald Trump not long ago. He was facing many years in prison. And given what happened to him, I thought it would be fascinating to get a kind of retrospective on how that has made him feel about our system. If it is in fact more corrupt, irreformable than even he knew, given that he had his hands in the inner workings of this system of this beast for a very long time. And I think you'll be surprised by some of his answers. He's an incredibly more thoughtful and libertarian leaning person than you've probably uh, been led to believe but he's also just a fascinating human being with some of the best quips and one-liners of any, any person I've ever spoken to. So I think you guys are going to absolutely love this. This episode is exclusively on my locals channel. So if you are watching it right now, you already know that. Thank you for becoming a supporting member. And if you're listening right now and you would like to support the show, even if you're just an audio listener, if you go to libertylockdown.locals.com, you can become a supporting member of the show. And that is where I will do exclusive AMAs where you can come on stream with me and talk to me about anything, or you can watch some of the more hot, too hot for YouTube type shows like this one. Uh, it's not very expensive. It really does help the show grow though. And I will be using all of those funds to help it grow. So if you would like to help again, go to libertylockdown.locals.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to a special episode of Liberty Lockdown. You cannot talk about modern American politics without including this man's name. I am honored to have on Roger Stone. Thank you for coming on, sir. Great to be here. I'm always uh, willing to sit down with a patriot like you and talk about the issues of the day. Well, thank you. Um, so let's hop right into the deep end here. I wanted to know from you, from your perspective, if the Russian collusion case was simply a deep state maneuver to hamstring an outsider's presidency, or if there was something more to it, or if I am totally misreading the situation? Uh, the Russian collusion hoax is the greatest single dirty trick in American political history. 
I mean, it's seriously, Watergate pales in comparison. What you have here is Barack Obama and Joe Biden, who was in the room uh, at the behest of Hillary Clinton, using the full authority of the United States government and the extraordinary capabilities of our government to utilize what they knew was fabricated evidence uh, in the Steele dossier and the CrowdStrikes report to rationalize a completely illegitimate effort to remove a duly elected American president uh, and to destroy lives uh, and anything in their path in their effort to do so. And then, of course, Robert Mueller, with unlimited resources, uh, unlimited uh, legal reach because the special counsel law had expired. Therefore, he didn't have to get approval of any three-judge panel to expand his inquiry. He could go look at anything he wanted, charge anyone he wanted, came up, up empty-handed on the question of actual Russian collusion. That's when they came to me in July of 2019 and tried to offer me a deal in which I would get no jail time, or actually the promise of no jail time, uh, in return for bearing false witness against the president. Uh, they actually presented my lawyer with a list of 26 cell phone calls between candidate Trump and myself in 2016, and told me that all I had to do was re-remember. All I had to do was testify against uh, the president, saying that these calls had pertained to Russian collusion or WikiLeaks collaboration, uh, Julian Assange, and so on. I'd already passed three polygraph tests proving that all of that was false. And I just wasn't willing to be Michael Cohen. I wasn't willing to lie to save my own skin. I recognized that I was gambling heavily uh, on uh, a pardon, on, on uh, clemency from Trump, who from the beginning recognized that I was the victim of a totally politically motivated prosecution that turns out to be even more baseless than we thought in the sense that uh, the federal courts ordered Robert Mueller and the Justice Department to release the long hidden redacted section of his secret report, which they put out at midnight on election day, November 3rd, 2020. Odd time to put out a press release, would you say, on the busiest media day of the year. But Mueller was forced to admit that he never had any evidence of Russian collusion or WikiLeaks collaboration or any other crime on my part. Now, he tries to couch it by saying, if he'd had more time, he might have found it. Well, he had over 600 lawyers working on my case. They found nothing because there was nothing to find. You can't lie about something that didn't happen. This is why in the January 6th investigation, when I received a subpoena from that illegitimate committee of the House, uh, I invoked my Fifth Amendment right. Not because I've done anything wrong, not because I have anything to hide, not because I know anything whatsoever about the illegal acts at the Capitol, but because I have firsthand experience with their ability to twist things you say that are innocuous or immaterial or irrelevant and turn it into a crime. Why anyone would testify before a commission or committee on which Adam Schiff sits, I have no idea. What I don't understand, in all honesty, is why uh, Steve Bannon and uh, Dan Scavino uh, and Peter Navarro, who I have a high regard for, um, have not chosen the course that I chose. In other words, I, uh, I adhered to their subpoena. I legally answered their subpoena as required by law, but I chose not to answer questions asserting my Fifth Amendment right. 
that's not the same thing as just ignoring their subpoena, which is asking for a contempt citation, which then gets sent to the heavily politicized Justice Department. Uh, and the, all three of those gentlemen face serious jail time, either because they have bad lawyers or they have no judgment. Hmm. Well, that is interesting. Uh, I was going to ask you later on if Adam Schiff was the, the dirtiest politician in America, but I'll just hop to that question now. <laughs> is there anybody worse? No, he is the he's the most odious huckster, con man, fraudster, and congenital liar uh, that I've come across in 40 years in American politics. Uh, interestingly wow. enough, he's being challenged by a very uh, aggressive civil rights lawyer, a woman named Rhonda Kennedy, who has refused, uh, who has challenged him to debate. Schiff refuses to debate her because she's African-American. He's proving that Schiff is a racist, by the way. Uh, and uh, those who, who want to help her can go to Rhonda Kennedy for Congress. That's spelled R-O-N-D-A, Rhonda Kennedy for Congress. Now, she's interesting because she has been the lawyer in a number of cases attack, uh, where she's been protecting gun owners' rights, uh, where she has uh, gone to court against the mask mandates and the vaccination mandates. I mean, she is a true warrior, Rhonda Kennedy, uh, running in the 30th District of California against Adam Schiff. Um, I'm proud to endorse her, to support her. Adam Schiff is like a pile of dog crap that you inadvertently stepped in and then you can't get off your shoe. Uh, he is a bug-eyed freak uh, who, who has unfortunately reached the, the, the dead end of his political career. In other words, he thought that when Dianne Feinstein retired, he would get that seat. Uh, and then at the very last minute, Tony Leone, who is a Senate Democrat president, jumped into the race against Feinstein. Feinstein, who at this point looks pretty much like a cadaver, who's been there so long, uh, decided that she didn't want it to appear that she'd been run out of the race. So she ran again. That ended his chances for that seat. Then when Kamala Harris was elected vice president, or allegedly elected vice president, uh, he thought he'd be appointed by Governor Gavin Newsom to that seat, but Gavin Newsom appointed the state attorney general to the seat. Then Adam Schiff hoped to be appointed to the attorney general's office. Gavin Newsom appointed somebody else to that seat. Uh, Nancy Pelosi is Adam Schiff's patron. When she's gone, and she'll be gone soon, he's done. If he gets on the agriculture committee, on the animal husbandry subcommittee, I'll be shocked. Um, <laughs> I hope the voters in his district catch up with the fact that he was covering for this fellow, Ed Buck, the Schiff Democrat mega donor, yep. who in his spare time was uh, injecting black uh, male prostitutes with crystal meth. Two of them died. He should have been arrested and prosecuted immediately. But because of the efforts of Adam Schiff and others, uh, he was essentially, uh, this was covered up and he didn't face prosecution until the second murder. And then the public pressure became so great that Ed Buck crony, Ad, uh, pardon me, Adam Schiff crony, Ed Buck was finally prosecuted. Uh, Adam Schiff, of course, has never answered questions about any of this. Um, nor has Adam Schiff, for that matter, answered questions about his comments regarding Hunter Biden's laptop. Now, recall, he went on, uh, I think it was Face the Nation or Meet the Press, one or the other, and he said, as chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, this, this came directly from the Kremlin, he said. This is Russian disinformation. No, it wasn't. It wasn't then. It isn't now. It's all 100% real. It shows epic corruption by the first family, by Hunter Biden. 
So where's Adam Schiff's retraction in his apology? When will he say to the people, gee, I was wrong? He knew he was lying when he said it. There's the great irony. So to sum this up, I say, if it's Schiff, flush it. <laughs> um, so I, I've argued a lot with libertarians in my community uh, that uh, they are arguing with me, rather, that they believe that Trump was a secret insider, quote unquote. Uh, I personally do not find that to be feasible, given the treatment he received. Can you either confirm or disabuse them of that notion? Uh, I think he's the ultimate outsider, um, which which would explain why, unfortunately, although I think he did many great things, goes down as one of our greatest presidents, only because his great accomplishments happened in the face of implacable opposition to the by the by the two party duopoly in Washington that runs everything. So he gave us the greatest economy of our of our history, the greatest uh, job creation rates, the greatest wage growth billions of dollars coming back into the country. Uh, he protected our national interests abroad. He made it very clear that we would only use American power when our direct uh, national interests were involved. He didn't go around the world looking for foreign entanglements where we had no national interests. He rebuilt our military strength because he knew that military strength is, uh, uh, like in the words of Goldwater and Eisenhower, a deterrent not to be used for adventurism around the globe, like the Bushes and the Clintons, and the Obamas, and the Bidens. Uh, the fact that he was not an insider, I think, explains the mistakes that he made. Mm. Uh, I think the president came to office believing that there were two teams, the Republicans and the Democrats. And the Republicans are with me, and the Democrats are against me. He didn't, did not understand that he had a fifth column within his own party of people who would never accept the drubbing that he gave to Jeb Bush, Never accept the fact that he emerged from a field of 16 more experienced politicians to storm Washington and take it by storm. Uh, and that his very breathing was a threat to the status quo. Uh, this is a guy who cracked down on child sex trafficking. This is someone who started to reform our criminal justice system, uh, which had been weaponized by Biden and Clinton, giving us the harsh mandatory penalties for the first time nonviolent crime of possession of small amounts of drugs. This is a crime for which the victims belong in drug treatment, not in incarceration. So um, he, he really threatened the status quo. Um, I'm not one of those who say, oh, he's a deity, he can do nothing wrong. I'm not one of those who doesn't say that he made mistakes. He did. I think he would admit that. But overall, it is the most consequential and successful presidency of my lifetime. Even the Heritage Foundation, which is a more conservative than libertarian-oriented organization, conceded that Trump got more done in terms of conservative goals and principles than the great Ronald Reagan. And that's saying a great deal. Yes, it is. Well, my, my thesis has been that he wasn't treated this poorly and basically soft cooed out of power because he was an outsider or because he hurt someone someone's feelings you know as you mentioned uh jeb bush on the debate stage but rather that the other aspect you listed that he was unwilling to start any new wars namely in iran russia or venezuela and that is why he was treated with such disdain and dirty dealing it do you think that's a fair assessment or am i over overstepping no i think that's a very good assessment although i think that he was a threat to the status quo both uh, internationally and domestically. 
-hmm. So he was not, he would not have stood for the teaching of the critical race theory in our public schools. He would, he would have cut off federal funding for any school that taught this bio racism. He would not have gone along with this pushing of uh, multi-genders. I'm sorry, there are only two genders, men and women. It's in the Bible. It's very clear. You'd have to be an idiot not to say it. No, there's nothing hateful about that statement. Sure. It's a biological reality. Uh, it's amazing. I was in New Jersey last week campaigning for Mike Crispy, uh, who is a great candidate challenging Rhino Chris Smith uh, in the New Jersey's 4th District. Chris Smith has been in Congress for 42 years. That's too long. Voted for the Biden budget-busting infrastructure bill. Uh, voted to create the January 6th committee. Voted for the vaccination registry. That's pretty scary stuff, uh, a registry in which we track the whereabouts of American citizens uh, and their, 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 their health status. I'm against that. Uh, so uh, I was up there, and in a speech, I actually said there are only two genders. Uh, and the ferocity with which I was attacked on Twitter in the next hour was mind-blowing. No, that's not a hateful statement. I don't hate anybody. Well, Adam Schiff. But other than that, I don't hate anybody. But that's a biological reality. Now, in my case, it's Christian-based. It's religious-based. I'm entitled to that. But I don't even make that argument. The argument I'm making is a biological argument. But we know this. These people deny science, and they're doing it yet again. It's kind of like uh, not long ago came to my attention uh, that there was evidence that you had 1.6 non-existent voters on the voting rolls in Florida and that they voted in 2020. And here's hmm. how you prove that. You take all of those who voted in 2020, take out those who voted on election day, take out those who voted uh, in absentee ballots, take out those who voted in early voting. Now just focus on those who voted by mail-in ballot. It's about 6 million of them. Now take a subset of 25,000 of them across the state, knock on those doors, and you'll find that 20% of them, a little more, do not exist. They've moved, they died, uh, they never existed. It's a vacant lot, it's, a, it's undeveloped property, it's a non-residential uh, structure. Uh, and now if you extrapolate that across all 6 million, you come up with the idea that there is 1.5, 1.6 million non-existent voters. This episode is brought to you by careerhackers.com. You know the daily job hunt newsletter I've been telling you about for a year plus now? Well, instead of the old URL, they are rebranding and they are now careerhackers.com. Same newsletter you know and love. They have over 160,000 subscribers and many of those people came from this show. So thank you guys for supporting them. I know that you have already seen the value and what they offer and I'm grateful for that. Uh, they are an incredible company and if you hate the job that you're in, or if you're just trying to hack your way to financial freedom, this is the spot. Again, go to careerhackers.com. Check out all the new items that they have to offer. You will not regret it. It's free. No harm in checking it out. Careerhackers.com. When I said that, PolitiFax immediately said I was wrong. No, actually the math proves the point, but people who deny science will also deny mathematics. It's sure. if it's their interest. Sadly, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, who's been so good on so many other issues, um, has not done anything about the 
the egregious voter fraud that took place in our state in 2020. Because Trump won our state by three points based on a very strong performance in Miami-Dade County, which is normally a Democratic stronghold, but because of the influx of both Venezuelan and Cuban and other Hispanic votes came out of the stronghold even, which never happens under any other Republican, uh, the Democrats in Florida simply did not steal enough. They undercalculated the number of votes they would need to steal. Wow. You have you have gross irregularities in the cities in this state. Um, when I brought this criticism to the fore, Governor DeSantis immediately appointed a new office of election integrity with the authority to conduct investigations. And since the time of that appointment, they've done nothing whatsoever. Oh, man. Um, on the on the issue of illegal immigration, we now have your second murder in the state of Florida by an illegal who came here recently. Uh, a, a uh, in the southern part of the state, 13-year-old girl. Uh, earlier, I believe a 13-year-old boy was murdered outside of Jacksonville, again at the hands of someone sent here, re replanted here by the Biden administration. Now, mm -hmm. Governor DeSantis has gone to court over this, but in his speeches, he says, I'm going to ship those illegals back to Delaware. It's a great applause line. It, it, it really is. It's very, it's Trump-esque. But Governor, when are they leaving? When are you rounding them up and sending them? When will that be? Oh, you're not, I say. Yeah. Well, why is it that, that uh, you know, it seems to me that Governor DeSantis is probably next in the crosshairs if there is going to be some sort of uh, election shenanigans to try and get him out of power or to keep him from taking the next, left, uh, next level of power. Uh, why would he not be working to reform the and, and remedy the issues that you just pointed out? It's an excellent question because the only person that, the, that these fraudulent voters can come back and hurt is him. Uh, one thing I know from history, and that is before you run for president in 2024, you ought to focus on getting reelected in 2022. Florida is not a red state or a blue state. It is a purple state. It is a state that swings. It swings one way in state elections. It swings another way uh, in federal elections. But it is uh, very much up for grabs. Now, the, the Democratic left, I think, is engaged in a massive head fake, in which they say, oh, we're not going to pour billions into Florida. We're not, we're not going to try to defeat DeSantis. No, I think, that's, I think they'll do everything possible because the governor has been courageous on masks, He's been courageous on uh, on teaching this gender gibberish uh, and homosexuality to, to school children. Uh, let adults make their own decisions. I'm a libertarian. Let adults make their own decisions. But forcing this on impressionable kids, uh, I don't think is right. And the governor's been very brave about that. He's taken a beating from the mainstream media. Uh, he is, as you've seen, earned the ire of Disney one of the major financial powers uh, and contributors in this state. Uh, and to all for all of that, um, you know, I like him. Uh, and I, I really think it is essential that he get reelected. Me too. But uh, I can just tell you, Richard Nixon lost the presidency in 1960. He immediately began planning to run for president in 1964. But first he decided to run for governor of California in order to hold his position for the 1964 nomination. Well, a funny thing happened on the way to the convention. He got defeated in the governor's race, and that knocked him out of contention in 1964. Now, in the end, that turned out to be to his advantage because he made a miraculous comeback in 1968. But nobody could foresee 
the assassination of John F. Kennedy, the assassination of Robert Kennedy, the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King, and the Vietnam War as seismic events, which kind of parted the political seas for a comeback by Nixon. Mm. Had there been no Nixon, there'd have been no Reagan. Had there been no Reagan, there'd been no Trump. It is the same outsider lineage. Right. It is the same coalition of traditional Republicans and blue collar uh, white Democrats in the South uh, and in the Midwest, union members in the Midwest, uh, and a growing number of minorities. Donald Trump got more African-American votes than any Republican in history. Uh, he could have got more, but for the pandemic, if you looked at the polling pre-pandemic, uh, he was getting almost a third of the African-American votes in the country. He was getting about 40% of the Hispanic votes. He would have gotten to 50% had there been no pandemic. When the pandemic, pardon me, the pandemic, pardon me, the pandemic went down, uh, and you reanalyze those polls, what you found is that the only voters who moved were either Hispanic or African-American, and they moved back to their Democratic roots. In other words, no white voters moved at all. They stayed exactly the same. So despite that, and despite the lockdowns, which I would argue really hampered Trump's natural campaign style, because the rally was the centerpiece of his campaign. Why did Donald Trump do so well? I'll tell you why. Because he was interesting, because he was entertaining, because he was unpredictable, because he, he was, he was un, uh, uh, I would say he was, uh, uh, he was uh, prepared to say exactly what he thinks. There's nothing scripted or phony or handled or managed. What you saw is what you got. So, uh, and people like that. Even when, he's, even when he made minor mistakes, and certainly he did, people said, well, you see, that means he's real means that he's not reading off of polls or focus groups. His remarks aren't being written by somebody other than him. Uh, and they found it refreshing, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I certainly did. I mean, that was probably what I what I liked mo most about his presidency was that I think that the American people in large part, as you've seen with the uh, incredible success of someone like Joe Rogan, uh, they're looking for authenticity. They're so sick of being lied to, of the, the sculpted, manufactured uh, people that are served up to us by corporate media. So you have Joe Rogan, who's now doing over 10 million listens per episode, and now you have uh, an outsider like Donald Trump that can rise to power. Um, but I wanted, I wanted to pivot real quick to uh, Matt Gates entered Hunter Biden's laptop into the congressional record yesterday. Is anything going to be done about the blatant corruption in Ukraine, uh, the is the push for war in Russia in some aspect a cover-up for the bipartisan money laundering operations that occurred there? What do you I think, think? I think the answer is um, we don't know about the first question. In other words, under this administration, no, I do not expect the Biden Justice Department to prosecute Hunter Biden. They should. They have more than enough evidence to do so, but they've had that evidence for almost three years now. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and nothing has transpired. It was stunning to see that the head of counterterrorism uh, or for counterintelligence, pardon me, for the FBI candidly admits he has no idea where the laptop is. We're just fortunate that Rudy Giuliani kept copies of the material in the laptop and then he lagged them to the New York Post. Uh, I think the New York Post reporters, uh, Emma Jo Harris, uh, uh, Miranda Devine, these people deserve enormous credit, uh, as do their editors at the New York Post for publishing this. 
But then you have the most troubling part of this story of all, which is the su complete suppression of that information before the election. It's not only the fact that Twitter and Facebook and Instagram uh, and TikTok and the rest of them uh, will ban you if you if you or they will deplatform you if you even raise the question, but it's the fact that three former CIA heads uh, and I guess a total of 31 intelligence experts, including Adam Schiff. Uh, and the epically corrupt uh, uh, Islamic uh, uh, extremist and former communist or maybe current communist John Brennan uh, insisted this was Russian disinformation when it wasn't. Uh, so uh, this, is a, this is an extraordinary development in our politics. Uh, and the New York Times then finally admitting after being the leader in the crusade to discredit this information, admitting it was true. Um, I just want to know whether the big guy got his 10%. That's what I want to know. <laughs> I think he did over and over again. Oh, and yeah. I, think, I think he was deeply involved in the business dealings of his son and his lobbyist brother. And I think he, even the most basic uh, investigation would prove that. Uh, but we have a larger problem in the fact that we have a president who, in my opinion, is non-compass mentis, who is not in his right mind, who does not have the mental acuity or balance to have his finger on the nuclear trigger. Uh, when his own people have to come out day after day saying, he didn't say that. No, that's not what he said. Well, he said that, but that's not what he meant. Here's what he meant. Well, he's the president of the United States. He's supposed to mean what he says and say what he means. Uh, but he's not capable of that because uh, he is he's not in his right mind. And then the other thing that I found interesting was Lindsey Graham, the most odious weasel I've seen in American politics in 40 years, just a backstabbing little queen, uh, coming out and saying, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, you got to admit Joe Biden's a nice guy. Now, nobody who served with Joe Biden, Republican or Democrat, thinks he's a nice guy. <laughs> I know Democratic senators who are friends of mine. Yes, I do have a few. Former senator. None of them like Joe Biden. They viewed him as a know-it-all and a blowhard. Uh, and that's someone who was epically corrupt. So if you went to Joe Biden with a piece of legislation that was important to your state or constituency, his first question was always, what's in it for me? How do I get campaign contributions? Or how did my son or brother get a piece of the action out of this? Epically corrupt, not a Kennedy, not smart, wrong on every single foreign policy issue of his lifetime. When he sees it, says he's been dealing with foreign policy his whole life, he's right. And he's been wrong on every single issue. Uh, true. Uh, the fact that this guy became president is a freak accident of history. He was the last guy standing. The Democratic Party chieftains, mostly led by the Obamas, grudgingly took Joe Biden because they knew that the nomination of Bernie Sanders was George McGovern all over again. They'd have lost 50 states and they knew it. So they took the last person standing. They tried to, uh, they tried Cory Booker. That wasn't going anywhere. By the way, get my book, uh, which, is in call, which is entitled um, Spartacus, the Cory Booker story, which is just a <laughs> uh, story of epic corruption about the most corrupt member of Congress in history. Love it. Uh, stickiest fingers in American politics. Uh, they tried Kamala Harris. She turned out to be a laughing hyena. Uh, and when you start to look at her record on criminal justice issues, she locked up poor black people with glee for the use of marijuana. Yeah, she thought it was very cool when she said that she was smoking a doobie and listening to uh, to uh, Snoop Dogg. 
uh, any year before Snoop Dogg was even known. So uh, <laughs> she has the same problem with truth as Joe Biden has, uh, and she's a, a fraud on top of it. Well, uh, I wanted to just double down on that question. Do you think that the push for war in Ukraine, I mean, granted, it's it's essentially a proxy war. You have NATO and UN and, and the U.S., funding and arming and training these guys already but it does seem to me a little odd that so much of the dirty dealing that was occurring both from the dnc and gop uh politicians mitt romney and a, a handful of others that had their children making huge sums of money from ukrainian oil companies is that a coincidence uh why are we defending ukraine with such vigor if if uh, not that there's no question that the war in ukraine is both part of a larger strategy uh, but it's also a cover-up of the of the crimes. Why does Zelensky, who's an actor prior to becoming president, how is it that he has a multi-million dollar luxury condominium in Miami Beach? How is it that he owns a yacht, million dollar yacht? What about his private plane? Where does a mere actor get this kind of wealth? Now, they have hired the right guy because he's a great actor, uh, but there's nothing real about this guy. Uh, and the truth is, and I, when I said this, I immediately get attacked of being a spokesman for Putin or being a stooge for the Russians, which is nonsensical. Uh, I think Putin has been very clear from the beginning. He does not want offensive Western missiles in Ukraine pointed at his country. Very similar to the situation in the United States in 1962 when the Russians mounted uh, Soviet missiles in Cuba, 90 miles from our shore. President Kennedy objected. Uh, an arrangement was worked out in which he agreed not to invade Cuba to remove them. We also secretly removed our missiles from Italy and Turkey, changing the, shifting the balance of power in the European theater. That was a secret for 40 years, it was classified. Uh, and Khrushchev agreed to withdraw his missiles. Although we don't know that they were ever actually withdrawn because the agreement between the Kennedys and Khrushchev included no on-site inspections. Still, World War III was averted. Uh, in this case, Putin has made it very clear the expansion of NATO into Ukraine. Define that as the planting of NATO missiles and, as we now learn, multiple uh, bioweapons labs was unacceptable. If we would agree to shut down the labs and remove the missile. By the way, the pads have already been put in. It's just a question now of dropping the missiles in. Interesting. Wow. Uh, if we would agree not to do that, I think this conflict would be over. I think the Russians would withdraw. The idea that he wants to occupy the country to restore the faded glory of the Soviet Union is false. He, it's not even economic reality. He cannot afford to prop up a puppet government. I don't think that's interested. It's not, I don't think that's what he is interested in doing. He is protecting his country. But when you say that, you are viciously attacked by the Daily Beast and the New York Times and the Washington Post and MSNBC and Tucker Carlson and Alex Jones and other and myself, we've been accused of being, uh, you know, Russian agents or pro-Putin. Um, I personally have had family members mowed down by Russian tanks in Budapest in 1956. So the idea that I'm a pro-Russian is absurd. I'm pro-American and I'm against World War III. And I'm certainly against World War III to prop up a corrupt anti-democratic regime. Ukraine is not a democracy, small d. After the last election, 
Zelensky had the guy who ran second arrested. He closed his party down. And he closed three television networks down that were in favor of the opposition party. Now he's closed down all the political opposition to himself and his party. And he's closed down almost all of the media outlets. That, by definition, is not a democracy. He is not a hero. Uh, he's a thug. He's a criminal. He is involved in the corruption. Joe Biden is so dumb, he goes to makes a speech where he brags about, about his abuse of power. Yep. He brags about withholding U.S. funds from the Ukrainian government uh, to cover up the illegal activities of his son. No, the, the prosecutor was not corrupt, Joe. You're corrupt. You and your son are the ones who were corrupt. Well, I couldn't agree more. And uh, I actually had Laura Logan on about a month ago, and, and she said that there was bioweapons labs in Ukraine. And at the time, I, I nodded and smiled, but I wasn't sure. And then we had it confirmed by Victoria Nuland on Capitol Hill. And it's just like, I mean, well, not confirmed fully. She says they're bio labs. They leave out the weapon part as if as if we would be really interested about the contents of these labs ending up in Russian hands when they were allegedly old USSR labs. It's like, this is all so transparent that we were doing something really sinister there. Do you have any thesis as to the connection between the Wuhan lab and Fauci's funding of gain-of-function research and the, the release of COVID paired with these now new bio labs, and I'll leave out the weapon part to try not to get fact-checked, uh, that seems a little weird to me that we're funding all of these bio research facilities across the world. Do you have any idea what the hell we're doing? Well, it is indisputable at this point that the gain of function was funded by U.S. taxpayers and that this virus was produced uh, and weaponized in a Wuhan lab. It is also indisputable now that the vaccination that is allegedly supposed to protect you from infection by this virus does not protect you at all. In fact, you're more likely to get the virus if you are vaccinated uh, than if you are not. Uh, and a couple months ago, I said in a speech that millions of people have either been injured or killed by these vaccinations. And I was immediately fact-checked by Newsweek who said, that's not true. I said, no, it's, I, I may have been incorrect, but I'm only premature. <laughs> uh, and as, as it turns out, of course, I am right based on their own record keeping, based on the VAERS uh, database, if you recognize that the that the deaths or the or the uh, or the side effects that are reported there by their own admission are one tenth of the national total, and I think that's underestimated, right. then you've had a million people killed or injured by these vaccinations. So as it relates to Ukraine, it's the same playbook. You can see why uh, Putin may be concerned about the release of some kind of pathogen in his country that's developed in these labs that aren't very far away. It's oh, a yes. legitimate concern. You speak of Victoria Newland. She is the she is the Dr. Evil of this whole operation. She's the one who, in my opinion, engineered the prosecution of Paul Manafort. Paul Manafort wasn't prosecuted because he did anything uh, in the Trump campaign that was improper. He wasn't prosecuted uh, uh, for anything new. The crimes he was prosecuted for had been investigated and rejected for prosecution for lack of evidence 15 years ago. They merely dusted them off. Uh, and this was anger over the fact that Manafort had successfully elected Yushchenko uh, as president. Uh, pardon me, that's incorrect. Had correctly had elected Yukanovich uh, as president. Uh, and that he, interestingly enough, had pushed Ukraine uh, towards the European Un Union to the ire of Vladimir Putin. So the idea that Manafort was some kind of Russian stooge 
is disproved by the facts. He was actually pushing Ukraine in a non-Eastern uh, direction towards right. the West. Uh, but I believe that she is deeply involved in his uh, engineering, his prosecution. Uh, and I just thank God that the president had the courage and the strength to pardon Manafort, who was, you know, in solitary confinement uh, based on Incredible. fabricated crimes that had been investigated 15 years ago. His prosecution um, uh, has greater content than mine. Mine is simply because I refuse to testify against Trump. So that in my case, as I said earlier, they falsify the claim that I lied about Russian collusion that they now admit didn't happen. Um, so, for example, the the claim that the Russians hacked the DNC and gave the information to WikiLeaks is indisputably false. Uh, in my trial, we asked for the CrowdStrikes report. Uh, it was denied to us by the judge. I now know why. The head of CrowdStrike testified under oath for the House Intelligence Committee. Testimony was classified at the time of my trial, since declassified, uh, that that document does not prove in any way that the Russians hacked the DNC. Uh, and in fact, I would like to have had the opportunity at trial to introduce forensic evidence and expert testimony, which I could have proved that there was never any online hack of the DNC. There was a hack, their system was hacked into, but the information was downloaded to some kind of portable drive and taken out the back door. This is proven by the, the, uh, the download times, uh, which are of course indelibly recorded. Uh, and experts could have testified uh, as to this, but it would have destroyed the fake narrative under which I was prosecuted and under which at the time they were trying to drive Donald Trump from public office. We have a brand new sponsor. They won't be with us for a long time, but it's a listener. And I know that this community loves to support other people in the community. So if you are a hot sauce fanatic like I am, maybe a casual hot sauce fan who forgets to buy some until after you've already left the store, whichever you are, Tennessee Hot Sauce Company has you covered. Tennessee Hot Sauce Company is a new small batch quarterly hot sauce, hot sauce subscription uh, they source the freshest ingredients and focus on the perfect balance of flavor and heat to elevate your dishes. Subscribers also get access to exclusive surprise seasonal sauces that change with each box, pushing the limits of creativity and spice. Sign up now to be a founding member and access perks such as permanent 10% discount, exclusive sauces, and regular giveaways as a thank you to our growth to the growing community, go to www.tnhotsauceco.com. That's TN like Tennessee, hotsauceco.com and sign up with the promo code LIBERTY to be entered into a drawing to win one of only 20 bottles. They are making a special sauce just for Liberty Lockdown listeners. How cool is that? That's the beauty of this community. You get exclusive content. 20 bottles of Miami Mango to celebrate my move to the free state and specially crafted for the beautiful listeners of Liberty Lockdown's podcast. That's my show. How cool is that? Go to tnhotsauceco.com and sign up with promo code Liberty. Let me know what you think about them sauces. Right. Well, you, <laughs> you said that Victoria Newland is the, uh, the kingpin of all this. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, she's on, on tape talking about the coup in 2014 in Ukraine. It's, it's amazing that that these people can not only be bad at tradecraft, but continue to last. They persist through all of their obvious dirty dealings, and it, it just they never go away. It's really incredible. No. Um, this lawsuit filed by President Trump in the in the Southern District of Florida is uh, it's really a 
an almost exact chronology of what happened. It's a restation of the historical facts. Why is Jake Sullivan currently serving as national security advisor instead of serving in a federal penitentiary? Uh, he should be prosecuted. If you have a Republican administration, perhaps he will be. By the way, there's no statute of limitations on treason. Treason can be prosecuted at any time, even 15 years from now. So perhaps if we pray hard enough, there will be justice. Yeah. Um, because I'm a Christian, uh, I, I believe that, that good does win in the end, that evil loses in the end. I wish I could tell you exactly how that happens. I can't. Um, but I do think that we cannot give up on the promise of America. We can't give up fighting for freedom and free expression. That's why podcasts like this are so important. Yeah. Uh, the most disturbing thing today, the number one problem in the country today, is censorship. Censorship and deplatforming of anyone who doesn't agree with the Democrat uh, corporate media cabal narrative. Certainly put it another way. The people who lied to us about Russian collusion helping elect Trump, the people who lied about the safety and the effectiveness of the COVID-19 vaccination, the people who lied to us about the value of masks and masking, the people who lied to us about Hunter Biden's laptop, are the exact same people lying to us now about the reasons for the war in Ukraine. Uh, and if you have the courage to disagree with them, as I have, well, they will ban you on Twitter, they will ban you on Facebook. They will ban you on Instagram. They will ban you on TikTok. You will be shadow banned on the Chinese owned and controlled Getter. Uh, you will be uh, now banned on YouTube and Vimeo. So, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm batting a thousand on, on the censorship scale. <laughs> uh, I like Gab, to be honest with you. Sure. Uh, I like True Social, but it's very, very, very clunky. Uh, and I don't know why people have to wait till 2029 to get on. <laughs> Obviously, whoever built this did not realize it would be immediately popular and successful, which right. it is. But I have friends who are 1,427,221st in line to be admitted. Um, and it's not like they have a lack of resources because they've raised almost a billion dollars. Wow. Through their SPAC. It's a public yeah. company. So, um, but I, I still have found many old friends there. Uh, I like Telegram, but for some reason, as soon as you reach 35,000 followers on Telegram, all your followers disappear and you're required to start all over again. <laughs> what, is, what is that about? Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, Rumble, Rumble is uh, worthwhile, although occasionally even Rumble will yeah. uh, delete one of my speeches or one of my videos. Yeah, so, it's, um, it's brutal. It's it's a game, game of whack-a-mole, but we're the mole. Uh, I keep trying to trying to find outlets where I can speak openly and honestly and not get nuked. But I'm going to keep doing it and whatever. Let the let the chips fall where they may. Uh, if Trump were to run in 24, as it you know he's hinted that strongly, and he and he were to be given another term by the American people, do you think that he would he would have learned his lesson and and uh, be prepared to leave the scumbags like John Bolton outside his office door? Well, one would hope so. One would, one would pray so. I mean, uh, look, Donald Trump is his own man. Uh, he's unlike any other political figure. I don't want to say politician because he's most definitely not a politician. Hates politicians, rightfully so. <laughs> um, uh, but again, I think that he now recognizes that Republican Democrat is merely a Hegelian divide. It's a device 
that is used to divide us and to fool us because that's not the division. The division in Washington today is the outsiders and the, uh, of which there are a few, Rand Paul comes to mind, and the insiders of both parties who are the neocons who have dominated both parties now for decades. <coughs> and uh, it, it is true that finding a full cabinet of outsiders who were both loyal and capable, those who can be found who are loyal but not necessarily capable, uh, is a difficult task. At the same time, why you would ever make, uh, you know, uh, some of his national security advisors uh, just it boggles the mind why you would have these people. They, they believe that they were in place to dilute, slow down, or thwart Trump's foreign or domestic policies, not to facilitate them. Now, I misjudge Bolton. I know Bolton. I played poker with Bolton. He's a hell of a poker player, by the way. Hmm. Likes a glass of whiskey, too. So, uh, But in all honesty, I really had hoped that he was an apparatchik. In other words, that he would be loyal to whoever his boss was. He is a highly capable individual. So if the Bushes wanted to start World War III, it would help them start World War III. But if Donald Trump wanted peace in the world, he would work for peace in the world. Um, I didn't realize what a duplicitous weasel he was either. Uh, and it's disappointing. Uh, but H.R. McMaster, one of Trump's earlier national security, this guy would get drunk at dinner parties or in public and tell people that the only thing that stood between, you know, nuclear war uh, and the United States was him uh, and that Trump, you know, needed to be stopped. That Trump needed to be needed to be uh, handled. Um, Incredible. I, I'm surprised, surprised that he lasted as long as he did. Yeah. Well, and then they also had... Uh... They were lying about the the troop troop count that we had in Syria and all over, and laughing about it. I mean, it, were you were you at all taken aback by the the level of? I don't know. I, I know it's hard hard for me to say this after you've been involved in American politics for fifty years to to be like were were even was Roger Stone taken aback by the level of backstabbing and shady dealing that happened during the Trump presidency? Because from an outsider's perspective, it was jaw dropping. It's a difficult question. Um, I guess initially I would say uh, no, but in retrospect, yes. And I, I, I just chalk this up to the fact uh, that that Trump came to office with no political experience, but with very high ideals and a kind of a set agenda uh, that, like Reagan, he stuck to pretty faithfully. He wanted to rebuild our military strength. He wanted to appoint conservatives to the court who would rule on the basis of the law and not some whacked out theory of wokeism. Uh, he, he believed in uh, uh, supporting our police. Uh, he believed in, in law enforcement. Uh, he believed that we had, unfortunately, I think he believed that we had a, a politically nonpartisan or non-political justice department. He learned the hard way that was not the case. Um, anyone who dropped in on Bill Barr's Wikipedia page would never have made him attorney general. Uh, I, I don't know why that basic research wasn't done. Um, but as I remember it, the president read a law review article that Barr had written critical of Mueller and Mueller's investigation on that basis decided to make him attorney general without ever realizing that it was Bill Barr who ran the CIA's cocaine trafficking operation in and out of Mena, Arkansas, where the funds that were generated were being used to illegally finance uh, the Contras uh, in, uh, you know, in Central America. Yeah. So um, 
that's a fact, by the way. He denies it, but it's it's it can most definitely be documented. If you read my book, The Bush Crime Family uh, by Roger Stone uh, and uh, St. John Hunt, it is documented there. Uh, if you read my book, uh, The Clinton's War on Women, uh, it's documented there. My books are always very heavily footnoted and documented. No, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm a conspiracy realist. <laughs> uh, what happens when the conspiracies, for example, let me just give you an example of a crazy one. Uh, Hunter Biden's laptop is real. There's real evidence of epic corruption in China, Ukraine, the United States, Russia. Uh, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. No, I actually turned out to be right about all of that. Yeah. Or Jeffrey Epstein. Um, it's very interesting. I wrote about Jeffrey Epstein in 2015. Everything you think you've learned in the last two years about Jeffrey Epstein was contained in my book there. That book, of course, was reviewed by no one. It sold very well among patriots, but you never saw any online reviews of it. Uh, but it was all there. The Lolita Express, the manifests uh, for Epstein's plane, Bill Clinton's visits to the island, the first person testimony of Virginia Jeffrey was her name at that time, uh, about, uh, about the dignitaries like George Mitchell uh, and others who had gone to the island. It's all there for people to see. That's why I find it interesting to see Joe Rogan credit my friend Alex Jones with being first on uh, Jeffrey Epstein, when in fact, I'm the guy who told Alex Jones about Jeffrey Epstein, hmm. who he used to call Jerry Epstein. I had to correct him several times. <laughs> uh, I, lo I love Alex Joso. He's a patriot. He's a, he's a much attacked and assaulted individual like myself. Yep. But having hung out with the guy, I can tell you one thing about him. He's real. Yep. What you see is what you get. He really believes the things that he says. He can defend his opinion. He can always defend his opinion. And he has a First Amendment right to say whatever he wants. Uh, I think it is. I don't agree with everything he said. That's for sure. He doesn't agree with everything I say. That's for sure. But I do think uh, under our Constitution, he has the right to express any view he wants, no matter how outlandish other people may find it. Yeah, well, and that's why he's been on the front lines along with you in the uh, the cancel culture wars, uh, deplatforming you guys from everywhere you can turn. Uh, I did want to ask, well, you, you brought up Epstein, so I'll just ask, was he murdered in jail? What do you think? Most definitely. Uh, yeah. Here's why I think that. Um, he had decided uh, and agreed that Thursday before his death to hire David Schoen, a very, very able criminal defense attorney, one of the most able lawyers I've ever met. Had I gone to appeal, David Schoen would have handled my appeal. Um, I retained him to assist me in the sentencing portion uh, of my trial. Uh, and, he, and Epstein hired him because anybody is entitled to legal representation on Thursday wired him a million dollars on Friday, uh, and then murdered himself on Saturday? Who does yeah. that? Nobody. Uh, yeah. Nobody Nobody would do that. So, uh, no, I believe he was murdered. How coincidental that the guards just happened to have the cameras off at that exact moment. They just happened <laughs> to be sleeping at the time. Uh, the, whole thing, the whole thing makes no sense. We are not reassured by Bill Barr's insistence that he killed himself. That almost automatically means that he didn't. Uh, in all honesty, I think that he there were too many embarrassing secrets. The pressure on the U.S. government from the British government, uh, from the Saudis, from the Israelis, uh, from so many quarters because of the deep secrets that Epstein knew and the potential damage that he could cause if he ever talked 
or he ever supplied videos particularly, he was a, he was a mercenary. He was essentially a soldier of fortune. He was an equal opportunity blackmailer. Anyone could hire him to get dirt on anybody. Uh, and he would offer uh, underage children uh, as sexual play toys to corporate elites, to political figures, to, to, uh, to VIPs. Uh, and then, of course, he would record all of it uh, for blackmail purposes. That's why I believe he was murdered. Is he the head of the snake? Or, or was he working for Mossad or CIA? Do you have any idea? I think he was working for all of them. Like I said, I think he was a soldier okay. for hire. I think he was a mercenary. He worked for the Saudis. He worked for the Israelis. Okay. I think he probably worked for U.S. intelligence. It was dependent solely on who hired him. How <laughs> did he go from being a, a poor mathematics teacher in a private school in Manhattan to being a billionaire overnight? Where'd that money come from? We're, we're led to believe that he was a brilliant trader. I don't think so. No evidence yeah. of that. So is he the head of the snake? No, I think he's just one of the many, you know, villains of history who have served the deep state. This, I think, is where conservatives make a, uh, a, an, an error in their analysis. And that is to believe that there is one person in charge of all evil. Let's say, just for the sake of discussion, George Soros. Um, whether it is the Council on Foreign Relations or the Trilateral Commission or the World Economic Forum, they don't all sit around a big table and say, okay, Rockefeller, you do this. Kennedy, you do that. Soros, you, you take care. It doesn't work that way. They have their own internal struggles for power and influence and dominance and above all, money. Yeah. Uh, but there is a ruling elite and the ruling elite hang together. They eat together. They vacation together. They socialize together. They have one point of view. They finance each other's products, uh, uh, projects. Uh, you know, certainly Bill Gates is uh, among these elites. Uh, Zuckerberg spent millions of dollars to buy himself a presidential election. Should yeah. be pro there are state officials across the country should be prosecuted for secretly taking their money. Here in Florida, the Palm Beach County uh, supervisors of election, appointed by Ron DeSantis, took millions of dollars from Zuckerberg, disclosed it to no one. Spent half of it, put half of it in the bank. What's going to happen to that other half? I wonder. Gee, I wonder. <laughs> so uh, it is. Uh, there's not one monolithic leader of the evil cabal. It doesn't really work that way. But there is a group of ruling elites uh, that are running the country under this administration. Yeah. Well, there, I agree with you. There are. There. Are, it's a hydra. There's many heads to the snake. Uh, you were the. I. I I don't know if it's actually was you, but I, I assumed it was you that popularized the the lock her up chant. Was that your brainchild? Uh, yeah, I guess I played guilty on that one. Probably <laughs> words. No, this is one of the great things. So when I was convicted, uh, people would say, uh, lock her up. How'd that work out? Well, mm. I'm free and Hillary's still going to prison. So that didn't age very well, did it? <laughs> well, that, that's actually my question for you is, Say there's a red wave and we actually get some of the rhinos out and you actually have some conservatives that believe in the Bill of Rights and defending the American people. Is there any chance that we see Fauci, the Clintons, any of these people actually are held to account on a criminal level? Because these people are criminal. The Biden family is criminal. I don't understand how the, the, how the Republican voters are to continue to believe in the GOP establishment as long as they continue to allow these people to walk free. I honestly don't. 
Well, I guess my answer to your question is hope springs eternal. Uh, It really is up to Donald Trump in the end. I think that he's a force of nature. He can be renominated if he wants to be. He can get elected again if he wants to be. Uh, There's actually a a path to be getting to be president before 2024 that I've outlined recently, where if the House Republicans elected him speaker, one does not have to be a member of the House to be speaker. Any U.S. citizen is eligible. Uh, The Democrats themselves removed Joe Biden under the 25th Amendment because he continues to crap his pants uh, and not make any sense in public. Uh, And then uh, the Republican Senate refuses to confirm a vice president, just refuses to do it, uh, and then impeaches President Kamala Harris, which I admit requires 67 votes. But when gas prices hit $20 a gallon uh, and there are rampant food shortages uh, and inflation is just killing us, anything becomes politically possible, Uh, in which case Donald Trump would have been third in line for the presidency after the removal of Biden, second in line for the presidency, and ultimately could return to the White House upon the uh, impeachment and removal and conviction of Kamala Harris. Entirely plausible. I call it the stone plan. Uh, I outlined it about three weeks ago in San Diego. It was well received. I was delighted to see Matt Gates jump on board. Glad (laughs) to have you, Matt. Welcome aboard. We have a seat for you. Uh, Now, some people say, well, 67 votes in the Senate. That's a tall bar. Yes, it is. But recognize the volatility of what's going on in the country. Uh, recognize that the election of Donald Trump and the highly unlikely election of Joe Biden through fraudulent means are both unfathomable at the time uh, or in advance. So I believe that anything can happen and maybe it will. Yeah, no, it's certainly not impossible. Um, I wanted to ask why. Well, I, I had uh, Judge Andrew Napolitano on yesterday, and he's one of my heroes, and I know you're good friends. Uh, did you, I just want to ask, and you don't have to tell me if you don't want to, but did you lobby Trump to put him on the, the Supreme Court over Kavanaugh? Because after the Kavanaugh uh, decision a couple of weeks ago, where he's still mandating the vaccine to the military, uh, I got to say, I'm not, I'm not happy with his appointment, and I would have loved to have seen someone like Napolitano on there. Well, I was for anybody but Kavanaugh. If you go back and look, I wrote several long pieces uh, detailing Kavanaugh's role uh, in the the investigation of the murder of Vince Foster to point out that he was not a good guy. Uh, He was a Bush family retainer. uh, And uh, I was not for his appointment. Once the president appointed him, he was still a darn sight better than than who the Democrats would have appointed, but not by much. Uh, And the answer to your question is, yes, I did lobby for Judge Andrew Napolitano. Uh, the argument used against him was that he worked at Fox and it would have been seen as an unduly political appointment. But Judge Napolitano would be great on the Supreme Court. Uh, He'd be great on any court. He's been my friend for over 30 years. Uh, He's yet another truth teller who now finds it difficult to tell the truth. But even in the case of Judge Napolitano, I think his greatest years of service to the public lie ahead, not necessarily in a public role, but as a sage, as a prophet, yes. uh, as a legal scholar, uh, he's a man of enormous integrity, and I'm proud to call him my friend. Yeah, well, and I'm proud to have had you, had you both on. Uh, you guys are both legends, and I, I, I really, it's been a, a bucket list week for me to have you guys back to back has been thrilling. Uh, I wanted to ask real quick before we get out of here if there's any additional 
what's it called? Stones, is it Stones Rules? After the treatment you've received over the past two years, do you have any new Stones Rules for us? Well, here's one that's kind of topical. Uh, here's Stones Rules. If you think that there are not drug-fueled orgies taking place in Washington, D.C. by the ruling elite, then you're out of your mind. Stones <laughs> What a way to end it. Uh, please tell people how they can follow you, how they can support you. I know you're, you're being blacklisted everywhere, so I want people to be able to sure. help. You can go to stonecoldtruth.com, stonecoldtruth.com. You can go to the store there and get your Roger Stone Did Nothing Wrong t-shirt. Iconic, hold on to it, because someday the Smithsonian will buy it from you for a million dollars. Very soon, you'll be able to get your own Roger Stone bobbleheads. Very excited about that. Uh, you can get all my best-selling books, The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ, uh, the Making the President 2016, how Donald Trump orchestrated an American revolution. Uh, you get signed copies there. Uh, if you want to help me, I still have uh, six outstanding civil suits against me filed by crackpots, nut jobs, liberals, Democrat. Wait a minute, I'm being redundant. Sorry. Uh, and uh, they're very expensive. So they, these are all baseless, groundless civil litigations in which I'm accused of everything, including the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Uh, they're very sensationalized, but they're baseless, but you still have to defend them, and it's expensive. So you can go to stonedefensefund.com, stonedefensefund.com. Uh, Mrs. Stone and I will appreciate your support. I will never quit fighting for the United States or for the Constitution or from freedom or freedom of expression, uh, and I, I thank you for your support. Absolutely. He, he deserves it, folks. Please. Please do whatever you can to assist. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in. And thank you so much for joining us, Roger. It has been a true pleasure. You have been, man, what an interview. Thank you so much. Thank you. Before we get out of here, I just want to give a quick plug to two of my friends, Adam Nutter, who's a great stand-up comic. He will be working April 30th at The Shell in Rollinsford, New Hampshire. He's the 8 p.m. show. Tickets are available at droptent.com. Uh, Dave and Robbie, Dave Smith and Robbie the Fire have worked that spot in the past. They have headlined there. And now Adam Nutter, my homie, will be there. There's a few seats left. If you're in New Hampshire, make sure you go out and support one of the boys. And last but not least, my boy, Reed Coverdale, will be having on Ron Paul next Wednesday. Just wanted to give you guys a shout out on that one. One, because I want to support Reed. Two, because I love Ron Paul. And three, because I want you guys to be in the comments begging Ron Paul to come on Liberty Lockdown. If you have been listening to this show, you know what that would mean to me. You know. I don't have to tell you. So, let's do it. Grassroots campaign to get Ron Paul on Liberty Lockdown. Let's make it happen. In the meantime, go support Reed Coverdale at The Naturalist Capitalist and check out his episode with Ron Paul. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you enjoyed this interview with Roger Stone. I sure did. My goodness. I think I'll be having him, Judge Knapp, all these guys on again in the future. They seem to really enjoy their time here, and I couldn't have done it without you. I couldn't have done it without the audience that makes it appealing enough for them to give me some of their time. So thank you. You are making this happen. And when I say you, I mean you, the listener. But I also, even more so, mean my supporters over at libertylockdown.locals.com. Thank you, guys. I will be in Connecticut this weekend. If you are in Connecticut, come out. Check me out. Robbie the Fire, Angela McArdle, Scott Horton, a bunch of people are going to be presenting. Don't miss it. I will be speaking Saturday night. I hope to see some of you there. Thank you. Thank you.
Big shout out to everybody that's been with me since Jump Street. Appreciate y'all. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone. Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne. If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home. The virus you're scared of will come and it'll go. The government knows, just don't get treated like a hoe. Like Nico and Shane, you're probably wondering what's happening. Scared Hollywood left these lyrical feppening. A typo with Luke might bring the nooses. We all bite the bullet, I'm the king of the gooses. Freckles and Brit didn't know I could spit. Knew I was a patriot, but now I'm the shit. Peter Quinones, invite me on Which podcast sends custom songs Part of the problem, now I stand with the people Dave showed the way, but I am unequal Lions of Liberty, now hear me roar Beat running up, but I got a bit more Robbie the Fire, always running his mouth But I made him a sandwich, now I'm man of the house The malice for Nick, but you're welcome to quit I went over BLM with the fire I spit Friends against government just caught us fags Copied the Cairo, put mummies in the bag Liable opinions get thrown on the ground Silky smooth time was the only sound Getting so hot must be air July Screaming in the mic I rip a 59 Miles to ratio That black guns matter Now all these lefties Got crazy small bladders None of us wanted war But we're ready You know I be bopping And rock steady Liberty lockdown Please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone But yeah it's on hold Where did it come from And where did it go It requires a fight Not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king Get them off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought You've always got a home The virus you're scared of Will come and it'll go The government knows Just don't get treated like a hoe